You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's a liar. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam! Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. From her, you bitch! I don't want to hear now. I ain't had nothing. Twix my nethers won't run on batteries. I can't know that. Cinematic Leap. Nice. Hi, and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week, we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, or crew member from this week's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I saw. And Glenn Grady. I swallowed a bug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice. Gentlemen, how are we? Good. Very good. It's been a weekend away. Yes. Down a lawn. Sort of, you know, touch of bodyboarding. Actually, Ed did most of the bodyboarding. I kind of caught one or two waves. Um, Ed Court, you know, sacks more. Um, yeah, it's nice. Ah, very good. I too went went out for a bit of a boogie board with my daughter, yeah. and that was yeah, a bit of fun. Like we we're just discussing, mm. it's been a while, so it was, it was just nice to get back out there. Bit of fun, indeed. Glenn, did you go bodyboarding? I had no boogieing. No, no boogie, <laughs> no boarding. <laughs> no, no. I was watching watching Firefly. Yeah, I mean, look, that does sound like a nice weekend. Like yeah. I'd, I'd happily watch kind of you know all. Is it twelve episodes? 11, I think. Well, the think one's like yeah. a double length. Um, yeah. I don't know. But um, I'd forgotten how good that show was and I'd forgotten about my crush on Kaylee. Oh, how can you not forget? How... I love Kaylee. Yeah. I've actually, I met Kaylee. I met. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, Jane. Oh, what's it? What's the actual name? Um, <laughs> Hang on. I do have it. Do I have a name? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Is it Jewel State? Jewel State. That's it. Um, yes. So I met her at a, um, a convention. And I got a photo. She's like on my wall over there. Oh. Uh, along with. Get her down and put the photo up instead. <laughs> too much effort. I'll show you later. Um, I've got some other couple. i got a few Buffy, uh, Buffy people. Um, oh, and Alan Tudyk. Yeah. So oh. yeah, he's great. Oh, I mean, he's a legend. I had watched um, and he's been in a Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, and like, um, you know, I guess a little bit slightly off topic for our movie Serenity. Um, uh, they keep bringing him on all the Disney films, like all the animated films, um, since, I don't know, uh, possibly about Frozen, possibly, I think, because um, they see him as good luck. So you always seem like credited as like, you know, um, doing some of the animals, like in Moana, he was um, the uh, the chicken. Yeah. Um, in, uh, oh, what was the other one? Oh, I forgot it. Um the recent one it was awesome. It was about a dragon. Um, uh, how to train your dragon? No, no, no. Um, What's it was like Rainer or something, or um, hmm. uh, anyway, he was in that. He was Tuk Tuk, and basically they put him in as animal sounds. He was in Zootopia, but, but yeah, they keep putting him on in various characters as good luck. They've just gone, no, you're at a good luck charm. We're gonna keep employing him. So he must be getting lots of kind of cash through that but yeah. yeah he's obviously done pretty well for himself mm. uh, i think he could i think he keep doing better he's in canto <laughs> is that the one he was in uh he probably yeah he was in Encanto. toucan 
is a oh. toucan voice. There it is. Yeah. But um, there's another one. Um, but yeah, so he has lots of little kind of voice parts in all the um, uh, Disney films. So, mm. But he was in this, so yeah. Oh, very good. All right. So this week we are reviewing the film Serenity, which was a 2005 space western. It is directed oh, yeah. and written by Joss Whedon uh, and is mm-hmm. a continuation of the short-lived 2002 Fox TV series Firefly, which Glenn was talking about. Yeah. Uh, stars Nathan Fillion, Gina Torres, Alan Tudyk, uh, Adam Baldwin, Summer Glow, 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 I think Summer Glow, Glow, and yeah. Twitel Ejiofor. Uh, co-star Sean Ma, Morena Baccarin, who was our Leaper, Jules mm-hmm. State, who's been previously mentioned just now, and David Crumholtz. Had a budget of thirty-nine million, made a whopping forty point four million. So mm. technically successful. Yep. Sort of. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> has an average rating, critic rating of 82%. 91% is the audience score. Critic consensus, snappy dialogue and goofy characters make this wild, wild west soap opera in space fun and adventurous. Yeah. Uh, Metacritic, 74 out of 100 was the critic. Audience score, 7.3. And IMDb has an average rating of 7.8 out of 10. Uh, Ebert and Roper gave the film two thumbs up rating. Uh, Roger Ebert, in his review for the Chicago Sun-Times, gave the film three out of four stars, commenting that he's made of dubious but energetic special effects, breathless velocity, much imagination, some slight verbal wit, and little and a little political satire. The movie plays like a critique of the contemporary society. He observed also stating that in this way it was like Brave New World and 1984. Uh, Peter Hartlaub of the San Francisco Chronicle called it a triumph, comparing its writing to the best Star Trek episodes. Uh, Manola Dargis of New York Times described it as a modest but superior science fiction film. Science fiction author Orson Scott Card called Serenity the best science fiction film ever, which is a load of crap. Uh, Further stating, (laughs) if Ender's Game can be this kind of movie and this good a movie, then I want it never to be made. I'd rather just watch Serenity again. Can't mm. be that. I don't. I mean, Ender's Game didn't turn out very well. I think. Oh, I'm not well, sure. Maybe they yeah. shouldn't have made it. Uh, yeah. USA Today film critic Claudia Puig wrote: "The characters are generally uninteresting and one-dimensional, and the futuristic Western-style plot grows tedious." <laughs> yeah, she's. And boring. Derek Ellie of Variety was the last one uh, declared that the film bounces around to sometimes memorable effect, but rarely soars. It's funny how how Michael hates critics when. When they disagree with him, but when when they <laughs> when they like a movie he loves, he's like, "Yep, that sounds right." Oh, he's yep. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, love <laughs> that. Oh, that love that critic is correct. Yes. Yeah, I do love her. Smart man, these critics. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that right, woman so sucks. Our leaper was Marina Baccarin from Deadpool. Yes. Uh, and Michael, this is obviously the second of your three movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm assuming you show, chose Marina to get to this. Why did you choose much. Serenity? Um, well, I guess like it was, uh, it's one of, it's one of my favourite films, I guess, of all time, um, which is why you know I definitely agree with some of those critics, um, and definitely our audience members they know their stuff. Ninety six, did you say it was ninety six or ninety three? Uh, well, no, either ninety one percent on Rotten mm. Tomatoes and yeah. seven point three on Metacritic. Yeah, well, the Rotten Tomatoes one, that's right. Um, <laughs> So yeah, like I loved it. Like I saw it uh, when it came out, and I've I've gone into it, and I didn't know anything about 
um, Firefly at that stage. I kind of heard it was a series that Joss Whedon was um, working on, um, you know, and he'd kind of let Buffy off. Like, you know, he's going, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, working on Serenity and, and Angel and, yeah, Buffy's still in run. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, all right, so whatever. Yeah, Joss, go work on your other series. Um, and I think I'd already heard that it had been cancelled at that stage. Um, so I watched the film again. This film was awesome. Um, so I went back and watched the series and then watched the film. And I keep coming back to this film. Like, it's one of those ones I do kind of rewatch and rewatch. Um, I forced students to study it at, you know, at a high school. Um, that was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, and particularly because it, it has, um, it does a thing in the intro, which we'll talk about, um, soon. Um, but yeah, like there is, there is some clever filmmaking and it's, uh, effective and there's like, you know, yeah. So uh, there's so many things I love about it. Um, and it was like, well, this is a, you know, the, probably the one chance I'll get to, you know, leap to it, um, with, uh, Marina, cause she's not in lots. There's not a lot of things no. she's in. Um, so if I can get here, um, then I could probably get to something else that I like as well. So, um, there are a few potential leapers in here. Um, Alan Tudyk is definitely one I'd, I've, I've highly considered, but we'll talk more about that later. Hmm. Mm. Yes. Making sure you get to movies that you really like, Michael, when you've got the opportunity yep. is a very smart thing to do when you've got your three movies. <laughs> Absolutely. So <laughs> I learned in season one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Still foolish, foolish. Just, I listened to one podcast and it changed my whole thing and then who knows where we were. Yep. Anyway, Glenn, <laughs> what were your thoughts when Michael chose this movie? Uh, yeah, I remember I watched this after watching Firefly um, and I, I remember really enjoying uh the, that show and the, the movie so yeah i thought oh yeah i'm sure this for a, i'm not really a science fiction movie fan i don't i can't stand star trek uh but yeah i i did enjoy this i remember years ago when i watched it um so yeah i was happy to give this another watch and that's why i thought i'm gonna watch firefly again as well just to have the whole experience but i only managed to get five or six episodes <laughs> watched of that um, but yeah, I, I just then I skipped straight to the movie, so we could record tonight. Oh, very yes. good. <laughs> My cat liked it as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I honestly I didn't know what we were going into, uh, and when it was one of Michael's choices, I think well I reckon we're going to be into some sort of sci-fi or dystopian world or something, which sort of probably just covers off a little yeah, both yeah. in some ways. Um, yeah. But oh look, I thought oh well, let's yeah let's. I had no idea. I wasn't. Mm. I didn't even know there was a series Firefly. I'd never heard of it. Um, and so, yeah, when you chose this, I thought, oh, well, let's just see what. I had no idea what I had going in, so it was quite interesting. Usually, yeah. I'll do a little bit of research first, but this time I thought, no, nah, let's just see what happens. We're on a spa- I know we're on a spaceship. Let's just see what happens. So, yeah. Hmm. And I guess like the, you know, you said you didn't hear it. And I think that's kind of partially because it was a, you know, it started this dedicated fan base, you know, brown coats, um, as we're called. I'll call them myself this time. Um, who were kind of like, who were, who were fans of the film, uh, of the series. Um, and like, you know, and then have kind of gone to support the film. And then it, like, you know, there was some audience thing, but it wasn't, you know, it probably wasn't well marketed, um, and like there is the there is that kind of space cowboy element. It's like you know there are conflicting genre elements there, so it might not have quite appealed to to others. So whilst I reckon you know the it only what just back made its mm. budget, um, it probably over time has kind of garnered more of an interest. I read a, a YouTube comment 
um, just a bit earlier, and I was saying like, you know, oh, I'm so glad I, you know, I watched this film, and it's like three months ago. Um, yeah, like you know, I've, I'm so sad I've come to this film now. Um, you know, and and now rewatch the series, like you know, it's um, you know, it's fantastic. Um, I wish I'd been there to kind of you know save the save the series. Um, so they're still finding fans, uh, and you know they. I guess they don't keep counting DVD sales and hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, this is this is just box office that we're looking hmm. at. So. so yeah, then I think they were they were looking at a Serenity too, but uh, that's when Joss got big. The Avengers. Yeah, it's going. No, no, I'm gonna. I've got a bigger career, film career now, and now he's cancelled because he's a dickhead. Oh, what? Thanks, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I can't say um, I follow Joss Whedon's career that. I'm not a big Avengers fan or anything like that. So he's a uh, he's obviously he's clever creatively. Like you know mm-hmm. he's got a lot. You know sort of he's done lots with um script writing and Buffy and and Angel and Firefly and all that kind of stuff. And he had uh, Dollhouse, but he has um there's a few things that were kind of brought him in. But the mainly the reason why he got cancelled is because he's a is an abusive asshole to like you know people. Huh. Um and it started like his ex wife kind of was the one who sort of you know yeah no he's a dickhead. Um, he's, you know, abusive and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but it started with, um, Ray Fisher from, uh, when like, you know, they did, uh, Superman, no, was it uh, Justice League? Um, cause, um, Zack Schneider kind of, you know, he's, um, I think one of his children committed suicide. So he stepped back, um, and he had a big, big plan for, massive plan for the Justice League. Um, uh, so they called him Joss Whedon to do, you know, reshoots and tweak it, you know, to kind of get it to a sellable product. Um, and in there, he was kind of abusive to like the cast. Um, and sometime after that, uh, Ray Fisher kind of got on on the Twitter sort of bearing, and a few people kind of they complained to the um, the studio. Yeah. Um, but he said, "Yeah, like you know, I'll never with Josh Whedon again. I'll never be you know associated with like the DC Cyborg because like you know Josh was abusive and like you know that kind of stuff." Um, and a few people backed him up, and then Charisma Carpenter from Buffy and Angel fame. Uh, came up, like, you know, said, like, you know, he was really abusive um, and, like, you know, as a sort of a director and, you know, used his power in the wrong ways um, and uh, really questionable comments, like, you know, sort of she got pregnant um, and I think in a private meeting she, he said to her, like, are you going to keep it? It's like, oh, like, you know, so he's he's not, he's not like, you know, um, Harvey Weinstein kind of level sort of. Yeah. Um, where he's done that, although you know he did cheat on his wife with various kind of people, you know, around right. him as a creative, um, and yeah, but like you know, he's a he's an asshole, like you know, so um, yeah, it's hard. To, he's in that same sort of boat of like you know, creative genius, like he's done a lot of cool stuff, but yeah, it's a dick, you know. So um, and that's where you got to go. Well, you got to love you, you know, where you focus on the art rather than the kind of the person behind it or do you you flat out cancel them which many people do hmm. and you know the hollywood has in a lot of ways i think yeah that's so, yeah. right so there's more and you can you could read it out yeah, I might have thought apparently had a chance to kind of have a bit of a mea culpa but um much like uh that prince andrew who kind of stuffed up his interview yep uh he did the same like you know didn't take responsibility for his actions and sort of you'll be trying to become a better person he tried to put defense in there yeah like, that's never going to win people over these days yeah all right, mm. Michael. Throw to the trailer. We'll do. Hands and knees and heads bowed down. Everybody down. We're coming down to empty that vault. You have to give me your authorization password. Okay. This landing is going to get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die. 
This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. River. We're going for a ride. She's a mentally traumatized 17-year-old girl. She's not going with you, and that's final. Hello again. Lock on fire and my command. What I do is evil. I have no illusions about it, but it must be done. I brought her out here so they couldn't get to her. You all know what it is you're carrying. Where are you hiding, little girl? They have gone to enormous trouble to find a little friend. It's worse than you know. It usually is. That girl will rain destruction down on you and your ship. Every minute you keep River from me, more people will die. Oh, God. I know the secret. If I'm wrong, you best shoot me now. Or we could talk more. Let's be bad guys. Can I make a suggestion that doesn't involve violence? Anybody doesn't want to fly with me anymore, this is your port of harbor. I mean, to take my shot at finding out what I'm dying for. As sure as I know anything, I know this. I am to misbehave. Get out. Get out now! No. Yes. No. Yes. I want to resolve this like civilized men. I'm unarmed. Good. And that's it. <laughs> nice. Hmm. All right, Michael. Over to you hmm. for the synopsis. Synopsis. Uh, obviously, time. we were there. Were, you, as always, speak properly, Scott. Uh, as always, there will be spoilers. So if you do not want these movies spoiled for you, please pause the pod, go and watch the film, come back and listen to the rest of our scintillating review of said movie. You should you should go and watch it, then watch the the series, and then watch it again, and then listen to the pod. Not that we're going to review the the actual TV series, but no, it might just be. watch the movie. It's about an hour and forty seven minutes. That's enough time. Hmm. Uh, fifty nine. Hour fifty nine. Uh, it's a two hour film. Yeah. Um, maybe I watch the, the shorter version. Or maybe I watch another movie. <laughs> maybe I watch another movie. That <laughs> might be a problem. Film. In the twenty sixth <laughs> century, humanity <laughs> has. Yeah, 2019's film. Um, in the 26th century, humanity has colonised a new solar system uh, because Earth was trashed, people. Be better. Um, the central planets formed the Alliance and won a war against the outer planets um, who were seeking independence, um, who re basically resisted joining the Alliance. Uh, River Tam is conditioned by Alliance scientists of becoming a psychic and an assassin or a living weapon, but are soon rescued by her brother, Dr. Simon Tam. During her training, River inadvertently reads the minds of several top government officials and learns their secrets. Consequently, an alliance agent known only as the Operative, played by Cheatwell Iafor, um, is tasked with, re with recapturing her. The siblings have found a refuge aboard the transport trans uh, spaceship Serenity, um, which kind of looks like a horse. Uh, hmm. With Captain Malcolm Mal Reynolds, first mate Zoe Washburn, um, pilot Hoban Wash Washburn, um, mercenary Jane Cobb, and mechanic Kaylee Fryer. Despite Simon's objections, Mal brings River on a bank robbery. Uh, River warns them that savage and cannibalistic Reavers are coming. God, they're scary. Hmm. Yeah, you should see them in the series, Scott. Um, they escape, but Simon decides he and River will leave Serenity at the next port. Once there, however, a subliminal message in a television commercial causes River to attack numerous bar patrons. 
knew it was stacked. Uh, Amel takes the siblings back aboard the ship. The crew contacts a reclusive hacker, Mr. Universe, who discovers the message designed to trigger River's mental conditioning. Uh, he notes River whispered Miranda before attacking and warns that someone else has viewed the footage. Mal receives an invitation from Anara Serra, uh, realizing it's a trap. Um, and there's a history there. There's mm. a lot of, you know. Um, uh, Mal goes to confront the operative who promises to let him go free if he hands over River. Mal barely escapes. Miranda is discovered to be a planet locked beyond a region of space of soaring with Reavers. Oh, hang on. To go back to Haven first. Pretty sure. Um, yeah. Crew flies to the um, planet Haven, but is find it devastated in their friend. Oh, they visit Haven ages ago. Anyway, yeah. they visit, you know, their home base, check out with, you know, hang out with the Shepherd, uh, Shepherd Book, um, and then go rescue uh, Anara. Um, anyway, so they, they return to planet Haven, but find it devastated and their friend Shepherd Book mortally wounded. The operator promises to kill anyone who assists them until he gets River. Uh, Mal has the crew disguise Serenity as a Reaver ship, and they travel to Miranda undetected. Oh, that was tense. That was pretty brutal, that part, because they basically just used the bodies of all their friends to stick on the mm. front of their, yep. their ship. Yeah. Some of the, the ideas behind it is like, like wow, that's kind of, that's harsh. Mm. You'd hope they used the pilot that Mal killed, you know, maybe some of the crew of the, well, know, the yeah, spaceship. You'd yeah. hope so. Him on the front, maybe some crew members, not their friends, but, you know, doesn't matter. Mm. He's got, a, he's got a plan. It's not a good plan. It's a plan. Um, so Melanie Cruz, they get past the Reaver fleet, the Reaver space, um, and they get to Miranda. They find it um, contains 30 million colonists there. They actually explore the planet. Like through explore a city, and it's just eerie silent. There's no mm. noise, and there's people, there's corpses on the ground, um, you know, hermetically sealed building, a bit gross. Um, yeah, they know that they notice that they haven't been shot or mm. stabbed or killed in a violent manner. Yeah, uh, and they find a recording that explains an experimental chemical to suppress aggression has been added to into Miranda's um, atmospheric um, terraforming devices. Uh, the planet be- population becomes so docile they stop performing all activities of daily living and breeding and work and all that kind of stuff and and lay down and died however a small pop a small proportion was uh what was it a tenth of one percent um and of 30 million i don't know how many that is work that out scotty you're a math guy um a small proportion of the (laughs) tenth of one percent about three hundred thousand three hundred thousand that's still that's a lot of people yeah it's still a lot of people yeah um, had the opposite reaction and became insanely aggressive and violent. Um, the Alliance had the created the Reavers, and this was the secret in Rivers' subconscious. Uh, Mr. Universe agrees to broadcast the recording. However, the operative kills him and prepares an ambush. Knowing this, the crew provoke the Reaver fleet into chasing them towards the Alliance Armada. The Reavers and Alliance battle while Wash pilots ready through the crossfire. He crash lands in the broadcast tower before being fatally impaled by a Reaver spear. Oh, that's still heartbreaking. Yeah, that. So I didn't. I actually didn't know. I just assumed it was something from outside. But yeah, I was like, "What? Uh, what? He just died." Yeah, no, yeah, that came out of nowhere. It, that one. And launch a whip, and yeah, that's a that's a Joss kind of thing. You know, he's kind of he's never afraid to kill some of his darlings. Yep. Um. 
can't believe he could wash that. It's no surprise in a in a movie that's finishing off a TV series that you know. Oh, of course they're going to kill off a lovable character or two. It's just what you do to mm. shock the I, audience. Mm. It's actually, the, I think there was something about um, uh, contractual stuff too. There was a, I think there's a trivia note that um, uh, if you you know if we do a serenity two, then all the people who live through the the script need to be in the next movie. Like you know. That had to be that had to be a thing. So, and I don't think um, Alan Tudyk and the guy who plays Shepherd Book, which is so, uh, Daryl Book, no, that's the that's the, uh, the character Ron, Gla- Ron, Ron Glass. Glass, yeah, who passed away in 2016. Um, yeah, uh, Ron Glass couldn't commit either. So, they, the, both their characters were killed off. Yep. Um, and Mr. Yeah. Universe. Yeah. Although he, I don't think was he in any other of the series. No, but he got killed off too. Yeah, yeah, killed him with his sword. Um, so, Mister Universe agrees to broadcast the recording. However, the operative kills him and prays in ambush. Uh, the Reavers and Alliance battle while Wash pots ready through the crossfire. Crash, yeah, we did that bit. Yep. Pale by Reaver spear still hurts. <laughs> uh, the crew make a last stand against the Reavers to buy Mal time to broadcast the recording. The crew retreats behind a set of blast doors that fail to properly close. Simon is shot. Uh, uh, Kaylee is hurt. You know, everyone's wounded. Uh, and River, who's been freaking out the entire time, dives through the doors to throw back Simon's medical kit and close the doors before the Reavers drag her away. At the transmitter, Mal fights the operative, finally subduing him and forcing him to watch the recording as, um, the recording as, broadcast, as it's broadcast. Um... River is kicking ass in this time as well. Like, you know, the weapon is kind of operating on its own. Uh, Mal returns to the crew. The blast doors open to reveal that River has killed all the Rivers. Operative orders the Alliance troops to stand down. The operative provides medical aid and resources to repair, repair Serenity. He tells Mal the broadcast is weaker than the Alliance government, but while he will try to convince the Parliament of River and Simon no longer threats, he warns them that they may continue pursuing mid reproduction or getting the word out. Um, Serenity takes off at, with River as Mal's new pilot. The end. End movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Uh, we'll start with the categories, cast mm. and characters. So obviously, look, we'll start with Nathan Fillion, who played yeah. Malcolm Mal Reynolds. What are your thoughts, Scotty? Uh, solid at best. Um, has some funny moments. A little bit of overacting and didn't always hear his work comedically. Um, bit of a poor man's Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Just for yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah right. He was all right. Like, yeah. He had some of his like some of his line delivery wasn't too bad, but then other times I was just mm. going, uh, it's just well, I think that's actually you could say that on a whole for the for the movie. Yeah. And I love it. But there's a few lines that are kind of delivered with a, a weird emphasis. Mm. Um uh, and obviously that's part Not of Not an emphasis. But an no, emphasis. Yeah. Um, and that's actually Joss's direction there. It's like, um, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I agree with that. But um, I think he brings a lot of, I think there's humour in the role and he kind of like, you know, he has that kind of nice quippy nature. Um, but he's also physically kind of fits the role too. He's like big guy. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. Yeah. He did Look, he didn't seem out of place. And it's probably one of those things too, If you and you obviously uh, – watch the movie before the series. I'm sure if you watch the series, you sort of, I guess you get involved with this group. Whereas mm. for me coming in fresh, 
it's probably yeah i don't probably have that emotional tie to them after you've Watch it. Yeah, it's but, interesting. Yeah. It's watching you two talk about this because coming from not knowing these characters at all to someone who loves it, and interesting that you're you know saying oh the acting was a bit hit and missed in parts with the dialogue and whatnot. Whereas when you've seen the show and the way the way the dialogue is I guess co- coached or or directed mm. and the way they speak and they have their own little ways of saying things and little abbre- their own abbreviations that don't exist in real life, but still makes sense and the way they use different way they pronounce certain words is slightly different and um, mm. so yeah I, I wouldn't blame acting i think that's part of the character but you don't yeah. know that if you're just watching the movie and not the show correct yeah, yeah. and yeah. As, as michael said it's probably the direction as well mm. so joss obviously had an idea in his mind in terms of what he wanted um but yeah for me i just yeah i don't know i just some moments I really liked and other other moments just some of the things that sort of he said or like that missed comedic, like he, he was trying to say something funny and it just didn't quite hit and it sort of took me out of it a little bit. But, yeah. Other than that, I, I think, think look, he was pretty, as I said, he was solid. So. I think that's partially the character too. Hmm. So it's always been that kind of like, you know, bit goofy in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, the oh, I think like it's and while we're on it, there's obviously like in all their performances, um, it's interesting how they they integrate, and this is what kind of was fascinated me about the, the the movie and the series, the integration of like Western kind of colloquialisms like Goram and um, in the series there's like a lot of Rutten, um, but they they kind of you know use that sort of lot of um, oh, abbreviations. What is it? Slang, slang. Yeah, that sort slang. of stuff. Ah, that's um, the word. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, but also, like, you know, they use a lot of, like, Chinese phrases as curses. Um, and that was kind of the, you know, the history there is the Sino-American kind of joint. Like, they were the dominant powers, so they kind of left the planet. And that comes through the series. But that's why, like, you know, that's, you know, you see a lot of Chinese elements, you know, within this kind of space, Western space. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Alan Tudyk? Um I didn't get to talk about oh. Malcolm Reynolds yet. Sorry, oh, Glenn. sorry, Glenn. <laughs> you disappeared for a second. <laughs> I'm like trying to keep my cats and dog quiet. Um, that's very hard. Uh, uh, tell us about Nathan Fillion. As I Nathan was going to say, Nathan. yeah, I was going to say that it's weird to judge for for me to judge this role because it's from Firefly and this that anytime I see him anything else, I just go back to this. Like it always reminds mm. me of this character whenever he plays anyone else. In his, you know, detective show he does or whatever it was, um, all everything else he's done, he's done. It's just always for me. It's always Malcolm Reynolds being in something else, and he's just talking more like a normal person than the other stuff. But it always for this, it's like it feels like a real character to me, just because it's I, I love what it. I first watched him in. Really, that I really mm, yep. liked. Yeah. So yeah, uh, hard to I'd look, I think he's acting a solid. Like you know, I yeah. I enjoy the character. It's more like that, the, you know, like I said, how the direction asks certain things to be phrased. It's like, oh, that's kind of, it's an awkward line or whatever. It is funny, though, what Glenn was saying, how you can see a character and you can never unsee them from that Mm. character, even though they can go into lots of different films and, or TV shows. It's always that one thing that's always sticking in the back of the mind that, you know, he was Mal Reynolds in this case, or, um, yeah, it's funny. Mm. Uh, Alan Tudyk, you played Glenn? Wash. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
he he's yeah the same he's the same whenever i see him anything else it's like oh it's wash you know mm. so it's it's hard for me but he's funny he's very funny in this and just i love his character um yeah not much to say other than that mm. he's good yeah he was, I, um he was quite funny yeah i think and like he, he does have a lot he has a lot of range i think in terms of characters like he you know, you mentioned um, Rogue One earlier, and like you know, in that he plays a droid, and he he's also the voice for um, the villain in Wreck It Ralph. Yes. Um. So he really, you know, can do his voices, and he's played some. Um. He was the pirate pirate Steve in Dodgeball. He was. Yes. Yeah. So um, and this one he's he's more himself, like you know, as a you know, in terms of performance, but he's funny and um and warm. Yeah. Like you know, really brings like you know. I suppose a bit of the heart to the kind of the the team mm. in some ways. Yeah, no, I thought he was again solid. He's probably one of the better characters. Um, we'll go with Chweddle Asia Four. This is the first movie I saw him in, and I thought he was like, geez, he was a he was an effective villain. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed I enjoyed him in this. He was very deadpan throughout the whole. Mm. Played a very straight character, little room, not much emotion, but I thought he was really good. You mm. like he did feel that authoritative um, villain that I guess you, you yeah. need in these sort of shows. I'd forgotten he was in this. Yeah. So yeah, he's not one of those characters where I'm like, oh, it's the guy from Serenity, but <laughs> the other characters are all regulars. So yeah. Um, oh, he's like you, you know, he was in Kinky Boots, and I th- I thought he was outstanding in that. But yeah, this is one of the first films I saw him in. Um, and yeah, like I thought, like relentless, like it just kind of wasn't sort of thing. It's just like brutal and relentless, and you know they talk about that idea of belief. What are you going to say, Glenn? Uh, the character, just why, you know, just kill him. Seriously, bring a gun, shoot him, done. <laughs> they tried. Yeah, he, he just he wears body armor. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I mean, he could kill Mel. Like he's an assassin. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have a gun. Like okay, that's yeah. Hmm. <laughs> He's pretty effective with his sword. Like he even made that guy fall on it, which was uh, that was a good solid kill early on. Yep, indeed. Um, Summer Glow, River Tam. Hard to play. Um, I guess like that sort of like that character that is partially insane, but um, she has a lot of physical scenes that we get to see in like you know the fight scenes and. And they do. She does do a lot of her own sort of fight sequences, and I think trained like three months for it. Um, well, I think she's a dancer. Historically, yeah, she's, she's a, a dancer. dancer, and so she yeah. always tries to put. And a lot of the fight moves she had were like dance moves. So yeah, mm. physically she was outstanding. Yeah. Did, did that come from? I, I rewatched Firefly, but I'm only halfway through. Did that come from nowhere? All of a sudden, she's beating people up, or was that in the TV show as well? I think it it does appear there where she kind of does. Go, like does actually f- do some fighting in there somewhere. I think okay. like she's going to be attacked and something. I can't remember it. Fully. It d- it did come from nowhere in that in that bar room, the bar fight. Like all of a sudden yeah, she's yeah. just got like tricky. Or- yeah, she's like a better fighter than John Wick, and it's like what the yeah. On, this is like, right. the, the whole. <laughs> yeah, there's a crossover. Oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Um, I mean, but they do introduce that that concept of behavioural modification in that sort of introduction scene. Like you know, she is you know she you know performs well. Is like you know she's got high on the you know kick and ass kind of scale, and she's a psychic. So mm. um, yeah, 
again, like yeah, I think there's a difficulty in playing crazy, but like the it's a, it's still a compelling performance. Like um, in a sense, like you know, we do see odd facial expressions, and um, you know, there's quirkiness to the character that you know she brings. Mm. Um, things. I yeah. don't think she was crazy. She was just she was obviously just a psychic, so she was mm. a lot. She was just different. I guess I yeah. don't think she was crazy. She was just d- different, um, mm. yeah, a lot quieter and a lot more reserved for a lot of the time, and obviously, you know, deep thinking. And yeah, I thought she was probably the highlight for me. I really enjoyed her character mm. uh, and her performance. Um, uh, who else? Uh, probably another uh, two more. Gina Torres, who plays Zoe Washburn. Um. I think you see a lot more of her in the series that's kind of like, you know, a bit more fun. And this is, you know, very much that supporting sort of role. Yeah. Um, Strong character, though. Strong yeah, female character. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She was um, really good. Yeah. And, like, Joss Whedon is, you know, has been known for that, but he also kind of um, has also been known to, like, it's a, it's a weird form of, um, like, usually women come to power through trauma or something like that. There's always kind of sort of some weight to their, like, why they've kind of got, you know, Good at something, or I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole there's whole discussions about it online. Um. Anyway, but yeah, like so, um, Zoe is like you know, yeah, like a good first officer, and like mm. you know, challenges at the appropriate time, and um, yeah. What do you think, Glenn? Gina Torres. Uh yeah, uh, strong. Yeah, like you said, strong character. She's she was she was good. She was mm. very tough. Come across the very tough and. Uh, yeah, they're a good they're a good couple, um, her and uh, Wash. Yeah, yeah. Always came across yeah. as very assured. I thought, like she was always confident in what she wanted to do, and yeah, as you mm. said, Michael wasn't afraid to push back and stuff like that. So I thought she was really yeah. good. And like you know, I guess seeing the it was interesting. She had a, that sort of that warrior's reaction to kind of um, you know Wash's death. Like, you know, there was definitely kind of like you know you felt the emotion was like you know you know, baby, we're going to go, like, you know, in the, in the cockpit. And then, like, you know, she's kind of loading bullets into the gun. Like, you know, Zoe, you here? It's like, you know, to the job, sir. And it's like, you know, oh, oh, oh. she's like, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kick ass here. Um, yeah, so definitely kind of that sort of like, you know, had, you know, you see that sort of relationship between her and Mal in that, that space. And, and it, it wraps up in a particular way. It's like, you know, obviously... Um, Mal is kind of talking, you know, there's that kind of second illusion. It's like, you know, uh, she's, um, how's the, how's the ship holding up? And it's like, you know, I've, you know, stood plenty, but she'll hold true. They're obviously talking about Zoe mm. rather than the ship. And it's like, you know, oh, it's kind of weird that they're not actually touching on this kind of actual grief, uh, rather than, you know, allusions to it. But yeah, it was kind of their relationship. Yep. Uh, anyone else we want to mention? Adam Baldwin, Jane Cobb, yeah, yeah, he was probably the other one that I had written down. Yeah, I thought he was, he was a fun character. Mm. Again, I think he gets all the best, all the best lines. This is true. Yeah, he does. I, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, because he's like there's a there's a daftness there, but also like you know, and there's a bit of heart, but um, yeah, he, you know, he's very straight to the point too. He's like, yeah. I wouldn't kill a man unless he was you know, deserved it or unless he was fighting me or unless I was paid to kill him and well maybe if I just was paid. <laughs> yeah. Right, I think he's gonna start a fair fight. Yeah. 
Uh, and his first, one of his first lines in the in the movie where uh, he says, "We're going to have some turbulence, and then we're going to explode." And he's like, "I don't want to explode. <laughs> I don't want to explode." Um, yeah, jeez, be sure we had some more grenades. Didn't? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I did like that part. Yeah. Uh, all right. Favorite scene. Oh. Glenn, I'll leave you to last, Bob. You obviously got a few. Yeah. You do me while the cats are quiet. Uh, um, a couple of couple of favorite scenes. Probably the opening scene, introducing all the characters near the start, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where they're just going through the ship. Is it all one shot? I think it's all one shot. I'm not sure. Oh, um, do you want to do you want to know that for like truth for now? Uh, and then just each character just talking about you know what's happening on the ship or you know. It's just getting rough or there's an issue. And, yeah, they're all sort of introduced in that way and I think you sort of find out what their almost what their jobs are, like Kaylee's the person who fixes the ship and things like that. Um, I thought that was a good way to introduce characters for people who hadn't seen the mm. show. And if you had seen yeah, the show absolutely. but it was a few years ago, it's a good sort of reminder of where everyone fits in the, in the whole relationships with each other. So I liked that scene. Um, and my other favourite scene was probably the fight scene slash heist um, near the start where they robbed the vault and then the reavers come and it's a big fight with um, river and all that stuff and the big chase. Yeah. yeah. You do love a good mm. scene, Glenn. So. I do, yeah. <laughs> well, who doesn't? And time travel. Um, um, for me, Scotty? probably river in the bar because it does. It just comes from nowhere. You're not expecting it. She just says the word Miranda and all of a sudden just explodes into this just incredible fighting machine. So... Uh, I thought it was really nice, really good action, really well played, really well shot. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a, a really fun scene. It, it sort of not woke me up, but it was like, oh, yeah, where'd this come from? This is interesting. So mm. that was good. Um, and when you spoke about it before, Michael, when they're going through the Reavers area, obviously after they've just been to is it the Habitat or Haven, whatever you said. Um, Haven, Haven. Haven had been just like, you know. They- and they dressed the ship up and. Yeah, they have to try and it's not a it's not a long sort of scene as they're trying to get to Miranda the planet, but um, yeah, well, they've actually got to go through and it's just good tension because you know that if they get spotted, they're in a world of hurt. So yeah, I just thought it was well played. Mm. It was weird. Uh, it was weird how they shot that light into the into their ship and you could see them like they were just standing there in this bright light and I thought, oh, they're seen, they're going to get chased, but then nothing happened. Hmm. They were just trying to check if it had paint on it. <laughs> they got red, they got red paint. Because um, you can only imagine that any blood on it would have kind of like thing. I don't know if red paint would actually survive. Um, favorite scenes. There are so many. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the discovery of the message. That whole Miranda sequence, like they're kind of exploring. It's you know it's a little bit you know we better keep moving in some ways, um, but like you know it's just it's just really. Uh, it's really br- uh, brightly lit, um, so it's quite stark, um, giving you this kind of like, you know, sort of washed sort of um, space thing going on. Um, but it's atmospherically sort of different from a lot of the other kind of spaces within, like, you know, the that, that solar system. Mm, it um, looks cleaner, doesn't it? It's- yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's a bit freaky. So, and then it, you know, the culmination of it in the... Um, uh, with the the message and like you know, this is how the Reavers are found. You know, made it's like oh my god, that's you know that was a mind blowing at the time. Um, uh, who the hell are the Reavers? <laughs> um, and then of course you know Mal's speech afterwards, where he's like you know 
this report's about 12 years old. Um, I aim to misbehave. Um, and that's when they all come back together. They, you know, re-solidify around uh, Mal. Um, and, you know, they go to war, essentially, uh, with the Alliance to kind of to tell this truth. Um, that's, you know, that's a big scene. I really enjoy um, the opening sequence, which includes, like, stuff what Glenn was talking about, but also, like, you know, the um, there's the school and then, you know, the uh the school the lab and the replay the records room um and i'll go into that a bit more and maybe in the interesting facts um the fight sequences were always they were fun um i really enjoy kind of mal's battle against the operative in both the kind of um you know on anara's world as well as that final conflict um and i guess that kind of the banter between the two the villain and the hero and I think that final bit's like you know you know what I'm not going to kill you because I get this I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what your perfect world looks like, and I was like you know there was like here you go tiger, f you, here's what here's what you're working towards and like you know it shows him the message so yeah there's so much to like about this film but there are, you know a few highlights. Yep. Um, all right, notable aspects. Ooh. Do you want to start, Glenn? You're on mute. <laughs> I was yes. on mute. Yes, uh, it's not just me that put games in on mute. <laughs> My cat's having a party. Um, I had one other thing I really liked. It wasn't really a whole scene, but just that moment where the Reavers come out of the clouds and the Alliance ships are all waiting there and then um, the Serenity comes out on its own and they're like, mm. ah, and then all the Reavers just come out and they're just like crazy. Love that moment. Mm. just wanted that- to mention that one. Yeah, that, that is cinematically. That's a cinematically. That was awesome. Like it's like you know you got this fleet of alliance ships, and then they, it comes through the cloud, and the way they have those the ships come through the cloud was really impressive. Um, you know, it's not just open space, and I think they set that up by like when we first see uh, Mister Universe's planet uh, when it kind of comes through. We go through a cloud, and then it like goes through all those the lightning storms. The um, so that was kind of I thought that was really nicely done. Chekhov's planet right there. Um. Yeah. Yep. Anything else, Glenn? No, that's all I've got. Yep. Um, I didn't have it. I, I didn't have a lot, Michael. So I'll leave it over to you. All right. Um. So the what is really cool, and what I like, you know, like teaching um students, and I, I think I even use this opening uh a number of times, is you get it starts from the first universal sort of thing. So we get the universal sort of logo, and you've got the planet Earth behind it. Um, and then the lighting changes on the planet and the universal goes out and then we start zooming in. So immediately the story has started and we get like, you know, um, Earth is, you know, was no longer sustainable, you know, so we left and we found another solar system and we start colonizing. So it gives you, giving all the backstory of that solar system right away. And then we find out they're in a school. Um, and then like it starts throwing out a little bit of banters like, you know, um, uh, and it talks about like, you know, why do we, you know, um, oh, like the kid talks about like the Reavers and yeah, they rape and murder people. It's like, rah, rah, rah. it's like, so it already introduces the boogeyman. Um, and then it puts in like, uh, you know, why did the independents fight against the alliance? And that's because we meddle, like, you know, we see a young, young river, um, character. Um, and then the teacher comes up and like, you know, we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to, um, what's it? Uh, tell them what to do. We're just trying to, you know, try to think them how and that's actually a common media sort of theory is like you know um 
what is it, uh, the agenda setting function theory, which is like, you know, uh, the media is not telling um, what to think, they're just trying to know what to think about. It's like, you know, here's the frame that you're looking at. Look at mm. this thing. Uh, and then we see her pencil stab into her head and it match cuts into the next scene. And there's a whole series of match cuts through here. Um, and so we see that lab scene play out, uh, which is very cool. And then we get, like, you know, they're, they're being elevated out of the, like, you know, the, the shaft. And then we hear stop, rewind. Um, and then it's like, you know, that's when the operative comes through. And that's another match cut, like, you know. Mm. So they, those all those sequences are kind of, like, linked together really quickly. Um, and we get, like, you know, the background of where we are, the background of, like, you know, River as a character, and then the villain after the people. And then the guy following on, you saw that was really cool um, and what he's into. And then we get into the, the sequence with uh, the background of the characters that we're, you know, that we want to mm. follow along. So that opening, it's a big opening. Um, really kind of gives us, it's densely packed with information, but it's cleverly done in terms of how it gets to each moment, um, which is, yeah, which is really cool. I like that. Um, <clears throat> the other else? thing, oh, yeah, stacks. Um, we see there's a lot of colour sort of, you know, guidance on this, like, you know, the blinces in blue and, um, you know, you kind of space cowboys, um, the crew of the Serenity, you're your browns and beiges and that kind of aspect. So, like, you know, definitely, like, you know, sides. Uh, Reavers actually had this red and black thing going on um, and, you know, sort of brutality and skeletons. Skeletons is a feature of their spaceships. Um, so there's kind of those aspects. Um, we see a lot of dynamic camera movement uh, in this. You know, in, in some ways it's almost um, a bit Michael Bay, I guess, in, in how the camera is moving a lot, but it's not moving as much. Like, we do get some, you know, some still shots, like, you know, on tripod. But, yeah, there is a lot of camera movement on this production, um, which kind of keeps it kind of moving and interesting. Um, and you can always see how it influences, you know, we see in, I'm not sure, you haven't seen the Avengers, Scott. Um, but in the, in like, you know, as it, you know, it's climaxing, you get this big circle around the crew, like, the, of the, the Avengers, um, which is iconic, I guess, like, you know, as they kind of assemble. Um, but you see that sort of work in Serenity. So as a director, you see that, you know, where Joss has gone, you know, he's where he started and there's where he's gone because it's his debut um, feature film direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's an interesting play on lights in most places. I think, like, you know, um, a rare one, um, and I mentioned Miranda being, like, this highly washed-out space. Like, you know, it's kind of um, it's overlit, um, whereas a lot of the other places are kind of lit normally. Um, but it kind of like it was like like it was really sunny, um, and then his whole speech scene is like it's finally the the whole of the crew are stepping into the light. So there's a lot of symbology like you know dropped within the whole film too. So um, I could go on, but you know I suppose we want the pod to finish at a at a reasonable time. Yeah, that's me. You got anything else, boys? You're on mute, Scott. <laughs> oh, I was doing so well. Damn it. Uh, all right. Question, queries, tidbits. No questions, Your Honour. I've got a couple of questions. One that just come up with this washed out planet. Very bright. Um, it made me think, because this is the at there on the outer planets, which would be yes. furthest from the sun. Mm-hmm. And then this is the outer outer past the Reavers. Um, so it's very outer. How is it so bright? How is, is the it sun, so bright? The sun's in the middle of the solar system. It's an excellent uh, question, Glenn. Hmm. Interesting, Glenn. It's weird. It's quite odd. Mm. It's um, I've, I've got a, that, that's minus five points. Just like, just that. Mm. No, <laughs> what? Yep. 
Fair enough. Massive plot hole, Glenn. Good point. <laughs> I look. I mean, there's you know we we often kind of describe these as sci- science fiction films, like you know they're sci-fi, um, but more and more and like you know there's and I was reading this today about a Star Trek thing, um, but I guess this is more like your your Star Wars and a little bit Serenity is like this kind. Of, it's more of like science science fantasy, like you know. Um, you know, I guess if you, your question is if it's you know based on science and the you know why is it so bright, um, then you could technically ask why are there noises in space when they have their space battle, um, which there shouldn't be. Uh, so yeah, it kind of probably falls more in that space fantasy kind of aspect. It's a space western, um, dare I say? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for reminding best. me about the sound thing in space. That's two more points off. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, <laughs> Maybe maybe this is all fantasy as well, but I'll ask the rest of my questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what River and the Doctor, River and Simon in the TV show, I only watched half of season so far, but mm. they're like, no, we don't want to get off the ship. We'll get recognised. We can't be in public. You know, they hate. They're very reluctant to get off the ship. But then in in the movie, they're like, let's go. Let's get off the ship. We're getting off at the next stop. I don't care. And it's like they're getting off off and on. Like they don't like. It's no big deal. Weird. I- I think, like you know, that, the the fact that um, Mal has forced River off the ship to go yeah. to a job—that's kind of the the problem. Like, He's you putting know, her suddenly, in danger. Yeah, <clears throat> she she saved all their lives though. She did. she did. Yeah. Uh, next question: Why would Mal fight? Why would Mal fight that assassin guy? Not a good idea. I can't remember why yeah, I wrote but... that. <laughs> What's well, a good point? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Why yeah. would he fight that? Like, hmm. yeah, he's just start, like because he physically just getting into a fist fight with this assassin. Like, you're not going to win that, but he did somehow. But um, he did try and shoot Mingo. Yeah, he did, and yeah. failed. Yeah, Fancy and Mingo hinted that, like you know, you um, you run when you should fight, uh, you deal when you should run, and then you kind of. Like, they kind of pulled out, like, you know, he was kind of getting a bit unreliable there, like, you know, at, at the start of that sort of bar sequence. Um, yeah. There was a big battle with the Reavers there towards the end, and uh, they shot Simon, I think, in that battle, mm-hmm. and they were just doing a big shootout. And then as soon as um, River goes through the thing, they, they decide, let's stop shooting and start just, you know, physically punching and... <laughs> why, why not just get just shoot her? Just shoot her. I don't know. She's not bulletproof. Weird. They just hmm. all stop shooting and let let them let them get let her beat them up. <clears throat> uh, and my last question: At the end, Simon, all of a sudden, Simon and Kaylee are kissing. That comes from nowhere. What do we? There's the no, whole sequence. No, she clearly likes him throughout the whole. Yep. Throughout the whole series, no, but she liked him in episode like four or something, and she was like, "Oh, look at this! Maybe I should get it." It's uh, he's buying a plate or or plate or something. And then he walks in and he's like, "Oh, that's an ugly thing," you know. And and then she realizes that he just doesn't like, and he says he doesn't like being on the ship or the whatever. And she's like, "If you don't like being on the ship, you probably don't like the people who choose to be on the ship either." And so they don't. She didn't like him then, but then they didn't anyway. It just came from nowhere. I thought. Mm. I think I think you actually see it later on where it kind of you know you're missing the the episodes, but you know there there was also like on the, in the movie there's a you know there is that kind of you yeah know, thing in where the she movie goes, there's like, a know, clear I'm tie keen. that she likes him and then halfway through he he likes her 
as well. Like yeah. He says, he says, he says yeah. something. And, and then he goes, we can have sex. Yeah. The second part of that question was, and why, and why is River watching? Like, that's just, <laughs> what? whose sister or brother watches there? Like, this is weird. We'll call that a Joss Whedonism right there. <laughs> He's just, you know, he actually directed that. It's like, yeah, and you should watch River. That's a, yeah, that was weird. It's a Anything game. else, Glenn? Uh, just my score, but we're not up to that. No, not up to that yet. <laughs> uh, why does he call it a boat? Because it's a ship. It's just the language of the show. Of okay. the, yeah. It continues to refer to as a boat. Place. It's not a boat, it's a spaceship. Anyway, I guess they, they, they refer to like the space around them as like, you know, kind of the black ocean kind of aspect, like, you know, that you can, you know, and there is a lot of similarities, not even in just like this show, but like even um, uh, like Star Trek where they kind of, there's that sort of naval crossover, um, you know, where those kind of terminology for navy, naval things applies to spaceships. Yep. So on the bridge and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yep. Hmm. Um. The space shuttle seemed to be able to take a lot of damage and still work generally pretty well. That was just a tidbit that I noticed. Um, why is the guy called Jane? Like, is this is this based on books and it was a female character and then they've adopted it to a male character? Or is it always just being called Jane? It's always Jane, I think. Hmm. Um, there is an answer in the TV show. I don't recall what it is. Um, but maybe the other it's question also a question is. At the end, when you know they're uh, they're you know driving like crazy and everything's flying around the ship, but then other times they drive and they do a quick turn. Gravity doesn't affect all the stuff in the ship, like stuff that's sitting on the table. They got just random things just sitting around everywhere. Gravity seems normal, but you know they can do these quick turns and whatnot. Um, but then later on, towards the end of the film, everything's flying everywhere when they're jumping around. But they they've done that driving before and it's not affected a thing. Quite weird. Mm. Anyway, they do know. do a lot of like spins and turns and stuff when they really just need to go straight. <laughs> but he's a leaf on the wind. <laughs> yeah, but they've got thirty nine million dollars, so they got to spend it. Yeah, true. A um, couple more. Why was River basically useless till the end of the fight? Like they're all getting shot, they're shooting. She's just sitting back, just worried. All of a sudden, then she just decides, "Nah, that's it. I'm just going to put a stop to this." If she'd done that from the start, nobody would have got hurt. Hmm, it's true. But, you know, traumatised young women. Um, let's go still, with that. Still. And that's like, you know, I think that's part of Joss Whedon's stick. Um, and last one. Pretty, uh, this pretty is sure we've poked, so many, we've poked so many holes in this movie that Michael's scores dropped now, I reckon. <laughs> I don't, yeah, absolutely. Totally dropped. And just the last one. Will we ever get to a point where we do actually have to worry about overpopulation and leave the... No. Yep. Leave the world? Absolutely. No, no, no. No, yep. we won't. I'll send you a YouTube video that explains how we went. Ooh, Ooh. maybe later. It's, it's a, I say yes. It's a whole thing. <laughs> you reckon uh, the population will just die out and like you know because it's no, know, it's mathematic. It's a mathematical thing. It's uh, I can't explain it because I can't remember it. But it's a whole video that it explains, like a TED talk mm. or something. Oh, there you yeah. go. All right, All that's right. me out, Michael. Over to you. Over to you for a trivia. All righty. Um. All right, so according to Nathan Fillion, he personally supplied the blueprints for the to use to build the ship on the, uh, the ship set in the film after being informed at the production meeting that the originals had been lost. He was able to do so because being so excited about being in, a, in the original show, he'd taken photos of all the pre-production materials he had seen, including the blueprints. That's cool. Mm. 
Um, according to the director director's commentary, bounce line faster would be better was added by Nathan Fillion when Joss Whedon told him to say something Mal would say. Um, to put River to sleep, Dr. Simon Tam says, Etacorum nosh shmeh. Russian for this is very ridiculous. Or literally, this is a this is for hens to laugh. Um, we talked about the summer glow trained intensively, uh, intensely uh, with the fight choreographers for three months before principal photography began. Um, ranked number five in Rotten Tomatoes 50 best TV adaptations of all time. Um, according to the visual effects supervisor Lonnie Perestri, the Reaver ships are conceived along the lines of muscle cars that look like Leatherface, each representing a muscle a mask the Reavers wear. Hmm. Um, apparently, a number of the Reaver ships are also redressings of the Alliance ships. Um, the cannon the crew mounts this ready is a WW2 German 20mm Flak 38. Um... Oh, uh, Marina Baccarin provides the voice for the security terminal in the records room. Uh, Summer Glow's first feature film, Mal mentions a poem that he's read about an albatross, uh, which we, we haven't touched on. Um, uh, it's The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, um, but actually kind of comes up twice. Um, the first universal film released on HD DVD. Well, no, that's probably... Should have picked a different one. The film takes place in 2517, sometime far into the future. Um, the scenes that were taking place on the planet of Miranda were filmed at high school in Diamond Bar, California. It seems like a really nice high school. Lots of sun. Yeah, it looks very <laughs> nice. Um, the soundtrack... Uh, sa- the soundtrack sometimes samples music from the video game Civilization Two using the fantasy Tolkien theme. Oh, um, a bit of that game. Yeah, uh, and oh, we'll go. We'll go two more. Uh, the si- second si- science fiction film by Joss Whedon about a crew of space pirates. The first was Alien Resurrection, which Joss Whedon was the screenwriter. Yeah, oh, he's got some answer for there. Um. Uh, Yes, and Joss Whedon decided not to do Serenity 2, curse him, instead focused on the Avengers film. So, whatever. Yeah, probably would have made more money. Yeah, yeah, it did. A lot more money. Yeah. All right, time for our final thoughts and ratings. Obviously, we do rate out of 10, 10 being a fantastic film, 0 being a terrible film, and 5 being somewhere in between. Michael, I will leave you to last because you did choose this movie. I did. Glenn, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go. Okay. Um. By the way, that TED Talk is by Hans, Hans Rosling. Uh, it's, and it's like he uses boxes and shows how things will work, uh, probably. Mm. Or, uh, yeah, anyway, I think it's about helping poor people be more educated and that leads to less population because, yeah, uh, some of the more disadvantaged countries, if they were helped more. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, score. Yes. So... When Michael picked this film and uh, I was pretty excited, I was excited watching Firefly because I love that show. Um, I thought this was going to be probably an eight-plus movie when I started watching it. Um, Good characters, fun dialogue, fast-paced, interesting stories and settings. Um, That's Firefly. Then I watched Serenity and for me it was like another episode of the show but too long, 
dragged in parts. A lot of the enjoyable aspects of the show were greatly reduced. Um, I would I would rate the rate most of the episodes quite highly, but rating this as an episode, it's not as it's not as good. And rating this as a standalone movie is even worse. It's disappointing. I'm actually really disappointed to give it this score because I did think I was going to be eight or higher, but my score is six and a half. Um, it's a great show. The movie just didn't have the right balance like the episodes did for me. And wow. you know, you say space western, um, this film, but for me, a lot of the western elements weren't really in the film as much as they are in the show. Maybe the quick picture of the gun was there, but it just mm. didn't come across in the movie. And it disappointed me a little bit. Maybe if I didn't even watch Firefly and I went straight to the movie, I might not, might have been a seven and a half or something. I don't know. But I just, yeah, for me, sorry, six and a half. No, that's all <laughs> right, Glenn. Michael's Glenn. not happy. Yeah, I, I, I'm disappointed too. I just. Uh, well, get ready to be even angry at Michael. Um, no, right. Look, I don't care about you, Scotty. It's better than average, <laughs> uh, but really it's just an average attempt at trying to rip off Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, it had some good moments, some funny moments, but overall I just That's don't harsh. think it hit well enough, often enough, decent enough. But for me it's a 5.75. It's better much than funnier average. than Star Wars. What's that? Like Star Wars That's isn't funny. It's much, it's much funnier than Star Wars. It's just yeah. so many moments in this just made me feel like a, a poor man Star Wars. Sorry. They were trying to squeeze a lot in. You know, it would have been a good season two, I think, because I read that this was season two ideas put into mm. a movie, and yep. uh, it, it did feel like that whole Reva sequence through the through through that uh, all those spaceships. That would have been a whole episode. You know, that would have been a really good episode. But they just they squeezed a lot into a small thing, and then they dragged other bits out to, to link it all up. I guess I don't know. It just hurt the movie, even though it was should have been a TV, should have been a season. Whatever, Glenn. Um, <laughs> Michael, over to you. <laughs> I love this film. Um, and, like, you know, a lot of it comes from you can rewatch the, the series because it's only, like, you know, one season. Um, but this movie stands on its own. Like, it's a, you know, if you're into um, sci-fi and or science fantasy um, and maybe you're over Star Wars because uh, it gets a bit boring and, you know, it's not very funny, um, Serenity is worth checking out. And it's... You know, it's got a good, like, you know, at its heart, like, you know, this idea that, you know, we don't leave people behind and, um, you know, sort of we we look after, you know, our own and our family and that kind of stuff and, you know, people we care about. Um, and then we stand up for others who can't, you know, speak their truth. That's, you know, that's really cool. Um, and, you know, it gets to that place. And there is some really cool filmmaking stuff in here. Like, you know, we talked about that in The Interesting Things. Um, it's always a favourite of mine. I always keep coming back to it. Uh, it is a 10 from Ooh. the sci-fi bandwagon. A 10 from Michael. Yeah. All right. So with a 10 from Michael, a 6.5 from Glenn, and a 5.75 from me, that gives us a total score of 22.25. Which <laughs> that's actually still – that's quite high this season. <laughs> that actually puts it in the number five position. Yeah, top five. Woo! So it is just ahead of Pulp Fiction and the unbearable weight of massive talent. And it is just behind Ready Player One and The Dish on 23. Pulp Fiction, unbearable weight of massive talent are on 22. Uh, obviously, our top three is still unchanged, which is Jurassic Park on 26.5, Get Out 25.5, and a tie in third, Ready Player One and The Dish on 23. Mm. Hard to topple. Yeah, well. We'll see what happens, but they are. It's Jurassic Park's probably going to be tough to beat, I mm. think. 
Uh, all right. Uh, obviously, socials. So we can be found on all major um, podcasting networks. You can find us everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Audible, Google, if that still exists, and it's everywhere else. Yeah, Google's if you, still there. If you can't find us, you can go to our fantastic <laughs> website, cinematicleap.com, where you can listen to the episodes directly from the website. also gets all our scores and a little bit about us. Uh, we can be found on socials on uh, Twitter or X, as it's now known as. Our handle is at Cinematic Leap, and we're also on Facebook. Just search for Cinematic Leap. Obviously, we do ask that you like, share, tell your friends, tell everyone. It helps people find us, which is obviously what we'd like. Write it on birthday cards. Hmm, that's right. All right, Michael, over to you because it's now time for our... Cinematic Leap. All right. Michael, this is the last of your three films. Mm. And look, you know, it's been a fun run. Like Deadpool was definitely a leaping stone for Serenity, so you know. Yeah. Um, which I enjoyed, despite, mm. you know, you two trashing it. Um, uh, I gave it a high school <laughs> I didn't trash it. You trashed it enough, Glenn. Um yeah, it doesn't matter. In my heart, it's still pure. Uh, but this, it gives me an opportunity to go to a few different films. Um, and Alan Tudyk was probably, you know, one I was definitely thinking about because he had Rogue One and Knight's Tale, Tucker, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, um, and Dodgeball to some extent, but those first three. And, like, I really like those first three films. Uh, Nathan Fillion is in probably one of the creepiest... I don't know. It's an interesting horror film called Slither, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm holding that out for... Uh, um, our Halloween episode for next season. Um, and he also makes appearances in Guardians of the Galaxy, which, you know, would have got Scott into the uh, cinematic universe. Uh, Gina Torres makes an appearance in Matrix Reloaded. But that's not where I'm going. I'm going to, like, you know... Uh, probably... I was so worried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, probably one of the... it's It's... One of the best sort of parodies, but homages to um, Star Trek and science fiction that you can get. Um, we're going to through David Newman, who is the composer. He did a, a, a pretty good job of uh, composition on this film. Uh, the film is Galaxy Quest, a huh. comedy starring Tim Allen, Alan Rickman, Sigourney Weaver, and a few other people. Mm, I knew you'd be excited about uh, that. Yeah, well, I know where I'm going next. That's <laughs> all right. That makes life easy for me. Yeah. All so right, that's where Gal- we're going. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy 1999, Quest. I believe. Yeah. It's a ripper film. I haven't seen it, and I've always yeah. heard very good things about it, so I, I will openly say I'm looking forward to it already. Yeah. Glenn, and have you seen this? <laughs> Glenn hasn't <laughs> lifted his head. He's dropped his head. You haven't seen him since. Uh, not, not excited at all. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, so you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what you haven't seen. Um, it, it's actually a really like a, it's a surprise outing of that film, and um, the people who like you know the parodies like you know love it as well. So you know um, all you Star Trek people like Patrick Stewart and Donald Brakes. Not that you know them, I do. Um, they thought it was a, a right. So yeah. It's a good film. You'll enjoy it. Well, I'll enjoy it. That's the only thing that matters right now. <laughs> your, look, Michael, it's your three movies, so you can do what you mm. want. So, Indeed. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Michael. Well done. That's your three movies done. You've still got to do mm-hmm. the synopsis for next week, obviously, and then you'll, yep. you get to sit out, just sit pretty and relax. 
Uh, yeah. Then he comes back on to me to choose the next three films after Galaxy Quest. So yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening to our review of Serenity. Hope you like the movie. Uh, hope our some of our ratings didn't upset you. Um, <clears throat> incidentally, Michael, only the second ten that's been given this season. Mm. Incidentally, the other one was wait. by me for Jurassic Park. Wait for the third next week. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to like it. I'm not gonna <laughs> you, you know, you you, you got to go into the open mind, Glenn. <laughs> open mind. Let's just shit get it already. No. Oh, I could feel another six underground coming on. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'm surprised. Hopefully. I, I hope you're pleasantly surprised, Lee. Uh, <sighs> I'm just excited when I heard the name Alan, Alan Rickman. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go to Harry Potter. Yeah. No. <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be a turn up for the books. I'm not going to make those mistakes again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed our review. And, yeah, listen next time for our review of Galaxy Quest. Thank you. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap. <laughs>